Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily, hour number two. And, Paul, we have a very special guest again this week. Right. On the line with us now is the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by the Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions may apply. Uh, must be 21 to play. Well, welcome from one Baylor grad to another Baylor grad, Trey Wingo. Uh, Jacob, uh, take it from here. Are you guys are, I didn't know you were a Baylor guy. Trey, is that true? Or is Paul just full of it? Do we have you there, Trey? Oh, hello. Oh, there we go. Well, I was just saying, Trey, I was just saying as uh, one Baylor grad to another, welcome to Sports Daily. Oh, thank you very much. How are you, man? I'm good. You haven't you haven't met Paul yet, Trey. He's uh, he's a wacky character. Uh, you're a Baylor guy, Trey. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Graduated in 1985. Yeah, both of us Baylor grads. How about that? That's a little hard to take. But Jacob, that's a fine Texas school. You got to understand that. Yeah, no, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I'm from Texas. No, we're good. Uh, Trey, last night we saw. Let's let's jump right into Thursday night football, a game we weren't really looking forward to, and then. All of a sudden, the Baker Mayfield scenario enters the equation, and it becomes a far more interesting game. And boom, here we go. We get the comeback. Now we're got to rewrite our Baker Mayfield chapter again on this season, right? I think more importantly, we need to rewrite the Raiders. Um, you know, oh. they they came in they came in full of you know what and vinegar, thinking, hey, we get on a roll here, we can make the playoffs. And I think uh, last night's game pr- probably ended that. I mean, I, I don't know. If, a, if there's a worse loss this season, okay? You got a guy who was signed two days before the game, literally got there one day before the game as a quarterback, and somehow with no timeouts and you're on the two-yard line, you let that guy go down the field and beat you? Like, to me, I'm, like, I'm happy for Baker. Like, good for him. He gets an opportunity. Uh, the Rams are desperate in need of a functioning quarterback. So, good for him, good for the Rams. But for the Raiders, this is a devastating loss that I don't think they recover from. Well, you know, it's one of those things where you like to see, a, see you know, a, a make-good story like Baker Mayfield. But I don't know that his future is, is, is with the Rams. I don't know that the, his future, he even has a future in the NFL. Uh, a lot of teams have taken a swing and, and missed, but you know when you look at quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, uh, they're hard to find, which is why he is still around. But when you look at uh, the playoffs right now, is there that one sleeper team, Trey? Is there that one team that you look at and say, guys, 
don't go to sleep on this team. This team might just make a run in the playoffs. Who's that one team for you at this point? Well, I don't know if there's a sleeper team because, uh, you know, the disparity between who's going to make the playoffs and who isn't going to make the playoffs. I'll tell you this, um, and it's not really a sleeper, but I don't think anybody wants to play Cincinnati. Yeah. I I just – I mean, Cincinnati can – I've said this for a a while now. I think Cincinnati's best is probably better than anybody's best. When they're on their A game, uh, they are probably the toughest out in the entire NFL. Now, the problem for the Bengals is that I'm not convinced they're making the playoffs. You look at their schedule, it is brutal. Uh, They play the Browns this week, and you're like, well, what's the big deal with the Browns? Well, Joe Burrow has never – he's 3-0 against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and he's never beaten the Cleveland Browns. He's 0-4 against them. So – they got to fix that point out. Then they got to play the Bucks. Then they got to play the Bengals. I'm excuse me. Then they got to play the Bills and the Patriots. And they finish up with Baltimore uh, in Cincinnati. Um, their schedule is one of the toughest left in the NFL. Uh, and if they can if they can survive it, I think they will be a very very difficult out. Well, and you know we saw them handle the Chiefs, and now and, and I'm going to switch to the Chiefs just because we brought them up here. They get an mm-hmm. opportunity now to go to Denver, and this feels like one of those opportunities where Kansas City wants to make the loudest statement possible, as it has let control of home field slip through its fingers. I feel like the Chiefs, as as we follow them closely here, need to just come out and and blow the Broncos out of the water here to reestablish that statement. Well, look, I don't know if they're going to blow them out because Denver has not beaten the Chiefs, you know, since the Mesozoic era, for lack of a better term. They've lost 13 straight games to them. But the other thing you need to understand is those, those have all been pretty close games. And Denver, Denver's defense over the years has given uh, Patrick Mahomes and company all kinds of problems. They've won, but they've, they've, they haven't really been able to blow them out of games. I think both the uh, the Chiefs fans and the Chiefs would be happy with a win because a win wraps up the seventh straight AFC West crown with that and the Chargers loss. Uh, and this, this home field advancing is going to go through the spin cycle for a while, guys, because, like I said, the Bengals play everybody, the Bills play everybody. So I don't think anything is, is even close to being solidified when you look at the AFC playoff picture. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this thing changes two more times before the end of the season. Uh, if you're the Chiefs, you have to say, well, 13-4 and four, get it done. And it might, because if you look at Buffalo's schedule, uh, they've got to play the Jets again, they've got to play the Patriots again, they've got to play uh, the Bengals, uh, and they've got to play the Dolphins again. So their schedule is also really tough. So, I, you know, to me, where you are now in terms of one or two seed in the AFC, I don't think is, is – um, is uh, too big of a deal because I think it's going to change back and forth. But the Chiefs have the easiest schedule ahead. They play the AFC West, and then they play the uh, they play the Seattle Seahawks. And I know the Seahawks have played well, but I'll t- I'll ride with Patrick Mahomes over Geno Smith and company any day of the week. Well, there you go. I, that's not a bad thought. Well, you know, and 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 speaking of games this week, uh, we've had some conversation about one of the weirdest sports lines I've seen in my entire life. And that is the game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions, five and seven, Minnesota, 10 and two Minnesota's getting two points. Now I call me crazy. I've never seen anything quite like this. What am I missing Trey? Well, you're not missing much. It's just the fact that uh, the Vikings are, 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 are playing as well as they've played all year. And uh, that game's at home where they tend to put up a ton of points. Um, 
I mean, it, it is it, on the surface. It sounds nuts, but I'll tell you something. I think Detroit is no. I don't think they're making the postseason this year. But I think they have turned the corner. I think with the, with the way they play and the weapons that they have, and they, you know they they haven't even gotten their number one stud wide receiver yet. Uh, and Jameson Williams, the kid out of Alabama, he's hopefully going to play soon. But I I think the Lions are are fun to watch and they're interesting and uh, you know they're kind of the opposite of the Vikings, which is which is not the nicest thing in the world to say. But the Vikings are kind of like boring, you know. And they just find a way to win. They get scrappy, and they you know won all these one-score games, which is great. I think the Lions are interesting, and I think one of the reasons the Lions is that way is that people are sensing that there's some there's some optimism in Detroit. Now, I I, I am a little bit surprised that the line is the way it is, but uh, you know these people in Vegas, those those casinos are big and shiny for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they they know <laughs> they what they're are. doing, so. So what about 17 points then? And another curious line this week, the biggest line of the year. Uh, you touching that with a 10-foot pole? Cowboys scored all those points, but what did three three of, three of the touchdowns came defensively, I believe? Uh, that 17 and a half now, I think, is where it is. What do you think about that line? It, it's really hard for me to, to, put a, to put a pro team on a 17-point line. I mean, that is... That is significant. Look, and the Cowboys scored more points in the fourth quarter uh, in that game uh, this past week than I think uh, half the teams did the entire game uh, last week. Uh, but yeah, seventeen plus points. That I that's not that's not one that I would feel comfortable with in any way, shape, or form. I mean, look at the, look at the Thanksgiving Day game, right? They were up uh, twenty-eight to thirteen or twenty-eight to yeah twenty-eight to thirteen, and uh, <clears throat> they got a field goal, and it was a it was a ten and a half point spread. They were lining up for a Brett Maher field goal, which is well within his range that would have put him up comfortably. Uh, and then he misses the field goal. They go down and score and make it a 28-20 game. There was a lot of backdoor covers that week with the Dallas Cowboys. So 17-plus points, that's a, that's a large portion for me to want a, a slice of that pie. Well, that's, that's, that's a nice pie to be slicing up. And, and one of the games that fascinates me also this week is the Bucks and the 49ers with the 49ers playing – Basically, a guy that most of us aren't very familiar with, a kid by the name of uh, Purdy, who was a seventh-round draft pick. Uh, now, what was pointed out earlier in, this, in our show right here in Wichita, that, that uh, you know, there's a lot of good weapons. We all understand the great weapons that are, that are on that team right now, Kittle and, and, and uh, McCaffrey, and, and you, you just go up and down that lineup. There's a lot of great offensive weapons. But a quarterback with, with very little experience, a seventh-round draft pick, can you can you can you be comfortable? Can you give three and a half points and take the 49ers <laughs> with a quarterback so inexperienced but has so many weapons around him? Is that a smart thing to do? Uh, listen, not not only is he a seventh round pick, he was Mr. Irrelevant. That's right. He, yeah. In other words, he was the, he was the last pick yeah. of the draft, which makes him the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass in the NFL. Look, the 49ers. Uh, it, it's so funny because when they played Miami last week, right, that those two teams could not have a more opposite approach to how they want to win. The Miami Dolphins is we're going to put the hand, ball in the hands of Tua Tonga Bailoa, we're going to spread it out, and we're going to get as many points as we can. No matter who's playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, their philosophy is, hey, quarterback, don't screw it up. Just don't screw it up. And, you know, I, it's one thing for Brock Purdy to come off the bench. And, and we've seen players do this a lot of times in the NFL, and quarterbacks specifically come off the bench and have this amazing game because nobody has no, any idea who this kid is. They don't know what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Well, now 
there's game film, right? And once you have game film, your defensive coordinator and your defensive coaching staff is going to start thinking, okay, well, this is what we think that he likes to do, and this is what we think he does well, and we think we can force him into doing these things instead. So you see a lot of these times where a guy comes off the bench and it's like, oh, incredible, look at this kid, he's amazing. And then they game plan for him, and it's weird how he's nowhere near as good when they're game planning for him. So I don't know if you can trust that, but I know that San Francisco defense. Look, that, that team is built to base – I mean, they went, they went to a Super Bowl when they in an NFC championship game a couple years ago, guys, against the Chiefs. They threw it eight times, okay? They threw it eight times in that win over the Green Bay Packers. So they know who they are. They want to suffocate you with defense, pound the rock, and hit the occasional pass – and as long as Brock Purdy doesn't throw the occasional pass to the other team, it's certainly a possibility. But there's a there's a big question mark going forward, no doubt about it. Brock Purdy's interesting. Trey Wingo joining us. Uh, you know all the experience and and you know expertise you have in this league, which we really appreciate. I'm, I'm curious about Brock Purdy, and and we followed him a little bit because Brees Hall, who played there with him. Sure, is from yeah, Wichita yeah. and was a star here. So we followed, and I think a lot of us have seen a lot of Iowa State football because of Brees Hall, which means we saw a lot of Brock Purdy. Had they not fallen flat in that last year there of the Purdy-Hall era, I wonder, Trey, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, if he was considered at one point a higher-end NFL prospect because he was a Heisman you know, candidate going into that season – was he right. more highly regarded at any point? And what are his chances to basically outplay the Mr. Irrelevant name tag? Um, you know, you can make the argument he already has with that, that one touchdown. Pass. Right. But, yeah, um, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know how highly he was regarded, but you're right. Things do change. For example, or Joe Burrows last year uh, at LSU, I mean, Mel Kuyper told me, yeah, he's probably a six or seventh round pick. Ended up being the first overall pick of the draft. So, yeah, things can change dramatically. And I'm sure had his senior season or his final season gone uh, better than we saw when they fell flat, there might be a different look at at Bryce, at, at Brock Purdy. But, uh, you know, the way they sort of probably thought about it is, well, you know, he's so dependent on the running game, blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing more inexact. Well, actually, there's only one thing more that's an inexact science than drafting, and that is a high school talent evaluation. So, you know, I, we can't get the first round of the draft right. I always find it hilarious when we grade these classes. Oh, this is our best class, and this is the best class. We're talking about 17-year-old kids, um, and I'm not sure that's the, the greatest uh, thing to sort of prognosticate on. But, yeah, these things, you know, m- people miss all the time. Kurt Warner, you know, Tony Romo. It, it happens all the time. So, uh, I do think the way that senior season, that final season at Iowa State played out, probably had a, a, a decent impact on where he was drafted. You know, one of the stories, and, and, and it's really not a story on the field, but one that every time I hear something about it, I feel like I have to take a shower, and that's what's going on with the Oregon Commanders and Dan Snyder and all the things that are going on, the investigations and the hiring of private investigators and, you know, all trying to find dirt on people and, and going after P, I, I mean, this is this is a story that is stunning to me with regards to Dan uh, Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. Um, but I'll tell you what: when it comes to football, this has got to be so so amazingly distracting uh, for a football team, for a coaching staff. Uh, I can't even I can't even believe it. And yet, here's a team that's seven five and one. Uh, you know kind of in the running for something for a playoff post. I mean, they're, they're falling out a little bit, but still 
Uh, it's amazing. Your, your thoughts on this entire story and how distracting do you think this has actually been to the on-field football team for the Washington Commanders? Well, I don't think it's been very uh, distracting to the team at all, and that's a credit to wow, Ron Rivera. Okay. All right. And, and making them just handle what their business is. I mean, I don't think anybody's looking at that team and thinking, did you, did you think they were going to be any better than the record they are right now? So that's, that's, a, that's a real tip of the cap, uh, in my mind, to, to Ron Rivera. As for the story itself, it's not surprising to me at all. This is who Dan Schneider, he's a terrible owner. He's a terrible owner. He's been a terrible owner ever since he bought the team. Uh, this is the way he's handled his business forever. And I think that I think that for the first time in a long time, there's, there's real hope in, among the Washington fan base that this guy is no longer going to be owning the team. Like he said, he was never going to change the name of the team. And when the sponsors said, you change the name of the team, we're not guess what? We changed the name of the team. He said he was never going to sell the team. And then controversy after controversy, and lo and behold, uh, they're exploring all potential options with Bank of America. So Dan Snyder just needs to go. He needs to go. I mean, it's, it's a joke. They can't, they're the only NFL team, guys, that can't get commitment from a community to help them pay for a stadium. I mean, just think about that. Think about how bad you, your perception has to be. Any other city is basically rolling over to make sure that they help uh, build a downtown stadium uh, in an area that they think will, that will help them economically. And there's nobody in Maryland or the District of Columbia or Virginia who's willing to throw a single penny Dan Snyder's way. I mean, FedEx Field literally poops on their fans. We've seen it happen a couple of times where sewage has burst during the middle of a game. And I think that's the most appropriate analogy I can make to Dan Snyder's tenure as the owner of the Washington Commanders. <laughs> <That's, laughs> yeah, and that's something. I, I think it'll be done sooner than later. Uh, Trey, before we let you go, um, we bring you in here because you got the, what, what's your favorite bet this week? You may have already talked about it, but but where's your favorite play uh, in the NFL this weekend? Uh, you know, uh, literally, and I know this sounds terrible, but I, I might take the Texans in the plus 17. I mean, we saw what happened in the Miami Dolphins game a few weeks ago. I think Miami got up to 30 yep. to nothing. And they, they, you know, there's no quit in the Texans. And I, I, there's not a lot of talent, but there's no quit. And I, I just, that spread to me. That's a big one. And, you know, we talked about the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are one of those teams that just when you want to believe them sometimes, they stab you in the back. Uh, I, I, would, I would be kind of comfortable taking 17-plus points uh, uh, with the Houston Texans taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not taking the Cowboys. We had to make our picks before we had you in, and, yeah. and I can't do it either, 17-and-a-half. Yeah. We'll yeah, see. It's, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting case much. study. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. the NFL. This the NFL. It's the NFL. Maybe they cover. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys are obviously better than the Texans, but seventeen and a half points yeah. in the NFL. Trey, we appreciate it very much. Uh, thank you again for joining us and, and bringing the insight to us here on Sports Daily. You got it, guys. Take care. Well, and that was the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars, and if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions may apply. Must be 21 plus. That was really a lot of fun. That was the first time I've ever been a part of a Trey Wingo interview. And Jacob, that was a lot of fun. That guy's good. That guy knows his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, you, you're not going to find a better nah. uh, source for NFL knowledge than Trey Wingo and all his coverage over the years. Really appreciate these visits, and I think we have uh, one or two more of those set up for the football season. So we'll do that. If you missed anything with that conversation, KFH Radio. Dot com is the place to be to get it. We'll come back. Paul and I will 
uh, continue here on Sports Daily on this Friday as we get you ready for the weekend. Your phone call is welcome. 869-1240. Welcome back in, everybody. Getting you ready for a weekend. Hope everybody's having a great uh, Friday and a good weekend plan. Got some sunshine today after a little fog yesterday. Uh, Paul, we talked before it happened about the potential of Coach Prime to Colorado. It has happened since. Um, I know that we've discussed these situations before. Um, You didn't like the Trent Dilfer hire to UAB. I liked it. Where do you fall with Coach Prime? I, I, I'm curious because it's a little bit different than than Dilfer, obviously, because he's had a few years at the college level. Uh, certainly having an impact. We're seeing Dylan Edwards pull commitments and be reconsidering. Colorado is one of his schools. We've seen this all over the country with players. You you in on Coach Prime as the coach in Colorado, Paul? Well, I'm I'm in on Coach Prime going wherever he wants to go, and whoever gets him is gonna is going to have uh, I think the the football gods smile upon their program. I think that's the way this will work out. Uh, you know, Coach Prime, I give him his dues. He went to a small school to you know prove himself to show that that he is capable of doing uh, doing a a football program at at any level. And he can win, and he can be successful, and he can recruit. Now, can a guy recruit? Yeah, we know that he can recruit because he got four and five star players to go to Jacksonville State, for guys' sakes. I'm not even sure I can tell you where Jacksonville State is, but it's probably Jackson in some city. State. Ja- Jackson, Jackson State. State. Yeah, but it's probably in some probably town in Jackson, by the name of Jacksonville. But yeah. here's the point. Here's Jackson. The, yeah, okay. Jackson. Well, here's, here's the point. The point is, is that there's probably not been a generational recruiting aficionado like like this that's ever come down the pike. He is amazing. People want to go where he is. He has that thing. He walks into a room, and he has that that light above him, that light on him. He has that it. Whatever it is, he has it. And, and I was a little disappointed that he went to Colorado. I'm kind of excited to see how he does, but how, how well could Coach Prime done at Auburn? I think he could have probably been pretty good at Louisville. I think he could have been pretty good at at several of the programs that will come up, uh, even even in the next uh, month or so. Uh, I think there there's other other jobs, but you know when when you have to recruit to pine trees and not palm trees, when you have to recruit to uh, 20, 25 degree weather, not seventy five degree weather. It changes a lot of things for for a lot of athletes. A lot of athletes don't want to go to Colorado. It's 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 different socially. It's different uh, uh, location wise. It's different uh, climate wise. There's so many things that I think could be a detriment to who he recruits and who he wants to recruit. I'm not crazy about him going to Colorado, I think there would have been better options if maybe he, even if he had waited one more year. But that, having that be said, 
when you're the only pro football Hall of Fame defensive player in the Hall of Fame that's never made a tackle, you can do whatever you want. I, I think it's a fine fit. I mean, look, the reality is he wants to uh, he wants to play where or, or, or go where he can get the best players. His opportunity right, right now is at Colorado. They took the chance. These guys that are coming to play for Prime are, are looking to play in the NFL. Right. You can. That's a quick conversation, guys. You go to the league. You're you going to play in the cold for weather. Prime. That's right. Yeah. So so you you're going to go anywhere. And it's the Rocky Mountains, a beautiful facility, beautiful campus, a great school. Um, so I, I think that piece of it will be easier um, than for a lot of guys that are at Colorado. Certainly, it's a home run hire. I was with a no group question. of people. I've been with a group of people on two, three different occasions since this hire happened, or or people messaging. Everybody, and I mean everybody, that talks sports is on the Coach Prime story. Like, it's what everybody's talking about. I think, Paul, more than probably anything else right now that I'm, you know, talking about with people off the air, everybody is talking about Coach Prime, which means everybody is talking about Colorado football, which means Colorado nailed it. And any team would have, especially a team that just had an awful season that's you know borderline irrelevant now. Um, he's going to have a chance to turn that around real quick. Mm-hmm. I've said it a million times. You got to do two things. You got to get good coaches and you got to get good players. He's getting good players and he's getting good coaches. He took one of Alabama's top lieutenants for away from Nick Saban. You got Kent State's uh, you know offensive mind coming over that people have said is one of the great minds right now in college football. He's doing what he needs to do. If the job, Paul, of a of a head football coach at the college level, at that level, is to be a CEO, then he's going to nail this, right? Like the coaching piece of it for head coaches anymore is not the biggest piece. It's, you know, organizationally, having things go in the right direction. And I don't think he's going to have any challenges with that, especially if he keeps bringing the right people and the right players in. When I got a feeling that the conversation between him and the athletic director had to do with NIL as well. And I will probably assure you, I, I'm assuredly saying, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure there was a bump. I'm sure there were commitments made with NIL that will be probably jaw-dropping for you and I once we see what that amount is. I haven't heard anything on the amount of money that's guaranteed for NIL. But, Jacob, don't you probably get the feeling that that NIL commitment to uh, Coach Prime, a a Deion Sanders-type personality, that commitment to NIL is probably through the roof compared to many schools, and it gives him a chance to bring guys in, get them paid, get them some money. And, uh, you know, NIL has a place in, in this in this picture as well. Just as it does, where will Colorado be two, three years from now? What, what league will they be in? I think sitting here, both you and I, I don't think we can definitively say that Colorado is going to stay in the Pac-12 and it may go to the to the to the to the Big 12. I you know, we don't know, do we? There's a lot of questions about the overall program, but I guarantee you. If Deion Sanders believes that the NIL is right for the University of Colorado, he can go get kids, and he will go get kids. He has that factor. He had when 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 Deion Sanders says to mom and dad, "I'll get your son to the NFL." You know what those parents do? They believe him, and uh, that's that's where 
Colorado is probably at its it's going to be at its best raising NIL and uh, also um, you know getting getting kids to come to that school based upon well I'm going to get you the, the pros oh by the way the University of Colorado is an afterthought in the state of Colorado I don't know if we've ever had this conversation Bruce and I've had this conversation once or twice and that is you know, you go to uh, you know I was in Colorado. I was in Colorado a month, uh, a couple months ago for almost a month, uh, taking care of some family business, and uh, I don't know that I ever saw a hat, a sweatshirt, a T-shirt, anything that said University of Colorado, Colorado Buffaloes, whatever, whatever that piece of wear might say. But I saw a lot of Denver Broncos. Didn't even see that many uh, hockey. Didn't see that many uh, Nuggets. Didn't see that many Rockies. Everything is Broncos. There is not a huge following. You think you, you think that people from Colorado are as rabid about the University of Colorado as, let's say, K-State fans are about K-State? Not even close. Not even close. So that's another factor that surprised me a little bit, the fact that you know Colorado is not even a blip on the radar in Denver when it comes to sports. No, I mean, it's not. And it's a Broncos thing. It's a, it, it, you know, it, it's a... There's a lot of reasons for that, but don't you think they will be now, Paul? I mean, don't you think he turns that around almost immediately to get people into it? Right. Well, why isn't Colorado? That's exactly why Colorado and Colorado fans that are there are thrilled to get Deion Sanders. Are you kidding me? That's a hire that I would about I would I would figure anybody in the country would take if they have a vacancy. I think it's it's thrilling for for the University of Colorado. And I it, and it's a great test for Dion. If Dion can go into Colorado and put together a football program that wins, wins big, gets him to to some of the big bowls, maybe even to a Final Four championship series game, he will be the hottest ticket to ever come down the pike. I mean, in in decades. And uh, I think that potential is there. I think we all know he can coach, but we also know he can go get players. And if he has NIL lined up at Colorado. Dion's going to go get players. That's what he can do. And he's hiring great people around him, for goodness sakes, to come to Colorado. He's putting a staff together that's going to be really good. You know, I'm bullish. I guess that's all I can say. I'm bullish on Dion Sanders, and Coach Prime will probably get the job done. I'm not sure how you couldn't be. Paul, uh, I also want to get your take because we're going to switch gears here from the first hour. We talked a little bit about the Eric Wedge situation as a guy who's been in this area his entire life, who studies the history of this area um, as much as anybody with your you know Hall of Fames and things like that. The Eric Wedge situation is, um, is an interesting one, but the Eric Wedge era is over. So where do you think this puts things now for Shocker Baseball, and what's your take on that whole situation? Well, this program is going to be in great, great hands with Lauren Hibbs. I mean, this is a guy that has buco uh, uh Experience with regards to uh, you know Division One college uh, baseball experience at uh, the University of North Carolina Charlotte. He's got almost what eight nine hundred wins. I don't have it in front of me, but it's eight or nine hundred wins. He's got trips to World Series. He's got trips to regional. He's got conference championships. He's got the whole thing. The this program is in wonderful hands, in my opinion, with uh, with uh, Coach Hibbs. So that's not a problem. My main, my main worry is that I want everything to be okay with Eric Wedge. You know, he's a good guy. I like him a lot. I've been involved 
uh, personally with uh, his induction into two different sports Hall of Fames, the Kansas uh, Baseball Hall of Fame and the Wichita Sports Hall of Fame. He's a good guy, uh, and uh, I like him a lot, and I only want the best to happen for him. But this baseball program's in good hands. Lauren Hibbs. Lauren Hibbs can get the job done, and I have full confidence that he will get the job done. Yeah, it's it's a messy situation, and it's it's not you know it's there's sort of a hard line taken here, which again we we pointed out earlier that you know there's not any sympathy being asked for anymore. So whatever is going on here was enough that Eric Wedge lost this job, and and we'll see in the future uh, what it looks like. Kevin Saul's immediately got to make a huge decision as he steps in here uh, in his first season, first year, first months, really, on the job for Wichita State to take that banner program. Um, Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Maybe another giveaway here as we get our last full segment of a Friday in on the program here today and get you ready for the weekend. I do want to talk a little bit more about that Chiefs-Broncos game as well. Um, So we'll do that next. We'll hit on a couple of different things. Do have time for your calls, 869-1240 here. Uh, Last opportunity to do that this week. Sports Daily returns on a Friday right after this. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH, getting you set for a weekend. A little lighter on the football world because it's now officially bowl season, but plenty of great NFL uh, content. If you missed anything with our conversation with Trey Wingo talking about the NFL weekend, you can always find that at kfhradio.com. Paul, uh, you're getting excited for us over on the east side now, Wichita-East opening oh. up in about an hour and 15 minutes here. Well, you took my thunder away because I was going to open this segment when you threw it back to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably figured I was going to do that, didn't you, anyway? So, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, Mom and I are coming over, and uh, if you're there, we'll we'll have a lot of fun. I, I might bring my, my sister, of course. Uh, we're all fans of this of this project of you and your wives. We're big fans of HTO. Uh, my mom is known as a, a lady that likes to get uh, the the tea by the gallon, which you guys offer. You got uh, a lot of your flavors at within the gallon containers, which makes it real easy. But what you've done is moving to the east side made it a lot easier for us to get over to that store. It's a trip for us. Uh, you know, we're pretty far east. You know, we're over by. Town East Square, you know, and, and it's a oh long, yeah, it's long, be much closer. Oh, to oh my goodness, now. yes. But I mean, uh, going over west, and we would do it. We made the trip, and it's not because of you and your shining personalities, because your teeth so right. darn good. That's why we yeah, did it. Yeah, 
But I will say, if you do want to say hey to my shining personality, I'm going to be hanging out up there most of the day. Okay. uh, When I'm, I'll have to shuttle kids. So if if you do want to stop by, if anyone out there wants to stop by today, I'll be there. Say hi. uh, Take a look at at all the hard work my wife's been putting in. To get this thing open and those gallons you talked about, Paul, that are half price all weekend to oh, celebrate the big grand cool, opening. So cool. uh, you can get your mom stocked up. Well, um, appreciate that. Always appreciate your support. Hopefully uh, we can say hi. If you're a listener of the program and you come in there today, say hi. It's always great to hear and, and meet uh, our listeners face to face. So right. if you swing by, we're over near the corner, 127th and 21st. Uh, you'll see the big hot air balloon on top of the building now right. here today for the grand opening. But say hi if you come yeah. by because well, we, we, uh, I'll I be brought, there or, or say hi to my wife if I'm not there. Yeah, I, I brought my, my mom uh, over to uh, your West Side store grand opening. I, I know you probably I remember. remember. Yep, yep. And uh, she was thrilled to come in. And, gosh, it's been it's been the start of a love affair with great tea for my mom now for uh, – for and my – well, the whole family, really. And uh, – I'm just so glad to see the East location. It is so much more convenient for us that I imagine tea sales will go up in the uh, Savage household. Yeah, we'll, we'll lean on you guys. No pressure, Paul, but you got to keep us in business here. Keep my lights <laughs> well, on for congratulations me, Congratulations to you and your wife. It's I, I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you, Paul. We'll see you here uh, a little later out there. That's 12 to uh, 12 to close today, so come by. 12 to, to 8.05, we'll be out there. And we'll be out there all weekend, too, so... Uh, if you can't make it by today, just say hey. Uh, love to meet everybody and appreciate everybody's support. Paul, the Chiefs this weekend, um, it, Trey warned us against the Broncos. I, I feel good about it, though, um, as we lock in on them just a little bit here. I do feel good about this. I, I think you're going to have a Mahomes revenge factor in play here. Um, I think the defense would like to make a big statement and just absolutely dominate in this game. I don't know. I mean, I I do think motivation matters in the NFL, and it just seems to me like Kansas City will be highly motivated. It's not that Denver won't be. Of course they will be. They want to snap that streak too. But Kansas City now, because of what happened last week, they have more on the line. They have more reason to to make a statement here. I I think they're going to be big winners this weekend. Well, three and eight, that's what the Broncos are. And if I was to tell you now that you're 11 games into the NFL football season and Russell Wilson, yes, the Russell Wilson has only thrown for eight touchdowns and, and has had five interceptions, but has been sacked 37 times, but only has eight touchdowns in, in 11 games. You would have said, what? Is he hurt? What's going on? No, he's played in 11 games, thrown eight touchdowns. Something's up with this offense. I don't know whether it's coaching. I don't know whether it's schemes. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this, that Russell Wilson is probably – no one's more disappointed in his his production than Russell Wilson himself is. But uh, you look at uh, the ability to to uh, score, to move the football. This is a team that's not very good on offense. Kansas City will tee off on these guys a little bit. I anticipate four to five sacks. I anticipate pressure on Russell Wilson or whoever's playing quarterback. And uh, that's what's going to happen. I think this is not going to be a close game. I think it's going to – I think the Chiefs will cover and cover with ease. That's just where I'm at on this game. But Russell Wilson, eight touchdowns in 11 games? Come on now. I mean, it, it, is it there, though? Well, is that's a good it, question. Is it there? Because it? I, I – that's that is the question physically. Like I, I don't know if the, I don't think I'm afraid, Paul, for for Bronco fans 
And I know there's a lot of Broncos hate on these airwaves because of, you know, we're in Chiefs country, but I do feel bad for Bronco fans because I'm just not sure it's there. And I don't know if a new coach would be able to fix this. We've just, there are too many things telling us that Russell Wilson's best days are behind him. And if this is the version of him that's left after a great career, it's going to be a mess in Denver while they try to get that thing figured out. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't know where it's going to come from at this point that all of a sudden something clicks and this gets great again for Russell Wilson. I just don't know if it's there. Well, better protection and the ability to run the football would be tremendous assets and would help him greatly. Uh, I'm not saying it's all on Russell Wilson. I'm just saying that when I said this is on the coaching staff, let me let me let me expound just a second on that. The ability to run the football, the ability to protect, the ability to change up protection packages, all the things that go along with uh, with NFL football, we don't see it on a consistent basis. Uh, and of course, protection and the ability to run the football. People forget how important that is for a quarterback to have success in the NFL. And uh, Russell Wilson, I'm not sure, is being given the opportunity to to be successful at least as much as he was in Seattle. That's for darn sure. I And I said this a second ago, I'm not sure it's all on Russell Wilson. The age thing, I get it, but I don't know that that's what it is yet at this point, uh, Jacob. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I just I don't, don't think yeah. he's physic. I don't think he's physically got it, which means it ain't gonna get a whole lot better. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but but I, I love Kansas City in this spot this weekend. Um, it, it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I, nine, I think the Chiefs are going to smash them. I do, and I, and I feel weird about that because I you know it, it, the NFL tricks us all the time. It tricked us last night, but man, I feel like. Kansas City is going to kill him this weekend. Nine points is a lot, though, in the NFL. You know, how, know. However, did you notice that anytime we have nine, ten, or plus points on, on our Friday football picks, anytime one of us gives, you know, ten points or more, oh, we're dying. Oh, what are we doing? Oh, why are we? Have you ever noticed the pain that is ensuing on, on, on a pick? with, say, nine or more points, oh, it's like it's killing us, right? We don't know what – I mean, it's amazing. But on this one, you know, when we all three of us took the Chiefs for our Friday football picks, did you notice, eh, nine points? I'm surprised it's not more. And I am sort of surprised it's not more. But uh, I, I, look at the, I look at that particular particular line and, you know, we all kind of yawned and said, okay, that, I fit, that figures I'm, we're all taking the Chiefs. Usually it kills us to, take nine, to, give, to give nine points, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, nine points, it's just like the Cowboys in 17. I mean, how much different do you think? Well, I mean, just look at that. And that's why that 17 seems crazy to me. How much better are the Chiefs than the Cowboys and how much better are the Broncos than the Texans to make one a nine-point spread and one a 17-and-a-half-point spread? Interesting point. That's what, yeah, yeah I mean, come on. I, I, you Good know, point. Good are point. They, is there eight points of difference between the Chiefs and the Cowboys and then... Uh, conversely, the the Texans and the Broncos. That's a good I don't point. know, man. It's it's that, an interest. That's why that that's yeah. a fascinating line to yeah. me. I can't wait to see that from a betting perspective. I'm not touching it. Uh, I'll touch the Chiefs bet though. I, I I'm gonna bet the Chiefs this weekend. All right, Paul. Let's come back. Let's wrap up this Friday as we make our way through and into the weekend. Sports Daily. All Brockton Savage. Jad Chambers producing for you. We'll be right back. It ain't the
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.